It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. This is a Spiva Media production. It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. Welcome to my show. My name is Cindy Liming and I talk about all the things that I find to be awesome in this journey called life. By sharing what I find, I hope that you too will be able to create more awesomeness in your corner of the world. It seems like it's been forever since I've recorded anything. If you didn't hear about the delay on social media, I have a really good reason for not recording this weekend. My husband's going to be on this very episode with me today, and since we only see each other every so often, I had to wait to be with him so that we could record together. But more on that in a minute. Before I get started with today's topic, I wanted to recap on the last two episodes because some really cool stuff has happened since I uploaded last week. In episode 50, I talked about how YouTube can actually be helpful for kids and adults. I'm not a huge fan of YouTube. Um, There's a lot of like kind of ridiculous stuff on YouTube, but um, I've noticed in my household that YouTube has actually been very helpful. Um, For example, uh, if you haven't heard of TikTok yet, and you will... Maybe, but according to my teenagers, I'm too old to have an account and I don't have an account. But um, And they think I wouldn't relate to the memes. Um, but anyway, uh, it seems like TikTok's like the latest craze. Um, it's an app where you can make really short videos and you can um, very easily and quickly add effects to it. And uh, my seven-year-old daughter, Haley, has been checking out YouTube videos on how to make really cool TikTok videos. So at age seven, she's created some pretty cool stuff and um, pretty much on her own. And she's done all of this just by watching a simple YouTube video. I put her first video um, in my Facebook group if you want to check it out. And if you aren't in the Facebook book group uh, yet, then you can join after you're done listening at www.facebook.com slash groups slash YDDOA. I also talked in that episode about how I make, I let her make slime every day. And to hear more about that, you can head on over to episode 50, which is called YouTube Slime and You. But since that recording, I am happy to report that Haley has backed off slime a bit because I got her an Easy Bake Oven for her birthday. And another thing that's happened since then, like seriously, she's never, ever, ever gotten slime on the carpet, which is kind of why I was okay with it. 
She typically sticks to the rule of keeping it in the kitchen where we don't have carpet, but um, I did just discover in her carpeted room um, behind her end table, there was um, some slime on the carpet. So, <laughs> so after several years of her making slime, um, it's finally gotten on my carpet. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, but I am happy to report, though, that um, she kind of has backed off on the slime. Not entirely, but um, the Easy Bake Oven, um, and if you are, if you remember, like, it's kind of an older toy. Um, it's a, it's an oven that's easy for kids, and they can actually bake edible food in it. It's not like a, I mean, it is a toy, but it's not. Um, but she enjoys mixing things, and um, and she really likes cooking, and now she can pretty much do it on her own. Um, so the Easy Bake Oven uh, has been the perfect gift for my seven-year-old. She's been cooking almost constantly and talks about how much she loves it. Like she loves it so much that, I mean, even if we're not at home, she'll tell me when I get home, I'm going to use my Easy Bake Oven or she'll just simply say, Mommy, I love my Easy Bake Oven so much. I love it. And um, I love hearing her have a positive attitude and um, loving her new Easy Bake Oven. Um, I also like it because, as you know, with cooking, um, that's a nice way, like when you're cooking with kids, that's a nice way to teach measuring skills. And once again, I also like teaching the scientific method um, to her through problem solving. So if you'd like to purchase an Easy Bake Oven for your child, I've included a link in the show notes. Another cool thing, though, because like the packs that you buy, like the little kits that you buy of food to make in the Easy Bake Oven can be kind of pricey. So um, one of Haley's friend's moms um, just simply took, um, you know, like cake mix from the store and put it in little um, Ziploc bags and separated it out. And you just add like, I think a tablespoon of water to it and cook it for like, I think it was 17 minutes. Um, but it's so much cheaper than buying the actual kits. I, I never would have thought about this, but um, it's a super helpful thing that she did. Um, so that, you know, I mean, Haley has lots and lots of things to make. She has tons of mixes because you can get a lot of mixes out of a cake mix for the Easy Bake Oven. So um, I'm going to add a link to the show notes of that recipe for separating um, regular cake mix from the store, like out of a box, um, so that if you do decide to get a, an Easy Bake Oven, this will save you a ton of money. Like You do not need to buy the kits. Um, and I'm also going to add a link to a s'mores recipe that you can make in the Easy Bake Oven um, in the show notes because that has been um, delicious. Like uh, you could also, I don't see why you can't make it in the regular oven too. So you can make it um, in bigger batches because it's delicious. But, um, but it is pretty cool because Haley can make it in her Easy Bake Oven all on her own. And then in episode 51, I talked about creating a book of abundance. So in a nutshell, you start off by getting a journal or you could just have a piece of paper if, if a book sounds too intimidating. And you sit and you write down 150 things that you're thankful for. Um, and I know that sounds kind of daunting, but um, honestly, I think I got my 150 things written in like five minutes. 
Um, but I'm super excited because I um, I teach Sunday school. So um, I had my Sunday school class make their own books of abundance. I have about 10 kids in that class, um, and they are anywhere from second grade to fifth grade. And... Um, and they're super enthusiastic about it. And I challenged them to come up with 150 things they are thankful for. And let me just say, they were all over it. Like, as soon as I said the number 150, I thought for sure the kids would be like hemming and hawing over having to write so much. But um, actually, they looked at it more as a challenge and that they wanted to get their 150 things written down. So the energy in the room on Sunday was very, very positive. And I told them that their parents could help too. So if you haven't tried writing your 150 things down or if you're going to do it in a book because once you get your 150 written down you're supposed to try to write down like one thing a day um, and just keep numbering them so that you can see how abundant your life really is Um, but if you haven't tried it yet I urge you to give it a try like I said it took me less than five minutes to write my 150 things down and let me tell you it was an instant mood booster when especially when you look at your list and you realize wow I'm truly truly blessed so back to today's topic I have a very special guest on the show today he is Reverend Dr. Bill Liming who is my boss my minister and my husband and if that isn't enough we have five kids and did I mention we live an hour apart We're going to tell you how we manage all the chaos and answer some listener questions after a quick break. Welcome back to the show. So it's been a few days since I've seen my husband, but he's finally here so that we can do this episode together. For those of you who don't know about our unique relationship, we've been married for four years this past July. We are both each other's second marriage, so we have five kids between the two of us from our first marriages. Bill has two boys, and I have a boy and two girls. Because we have stable careers that we enjoy, we decided not to move us all in together, which would have made seven people total in the house. Unfortunately, though, the school that I work at is, as a fifth grade teacher, is an hour away from the church that he serves as a minister. In addition, I am one of the children's ministry directors at his church, which also makes him my boss. I work from home most of the time, but every Sunday I do have to drive an hour for that position. So needless to say, there's a lot of chaos and traveling between our two families, Um, We need to be very organized, and it takes a lot of work, but honestly, none of us have ever had a relationship healthier than this, and this goes for our kids, too, and you'll hear all about that in um, the conversation that we have. So I'm going to stop talking now and just go ahead and play my conversation with my husband, Bill. Okay, so here's our first question. Whose idea was it to live this way? I think it was both of our ideas. Yeah, I think it was mutually understood that this was, that we had a complicated lives and we each had our own kids and we wanted to make sure that we were both good parents first and foremost. Yeah, I feel like it was always the way it was going to be because I have my career here and you have your career in Akron and we weren't going to 
change that. Yeah, that, and I mean, I move around every few years when the bishop reappoints me, and uh, rather than to make the displace all of the kids over and over and over again, um, we figured wherever I get moved to, um, as adults, we'll find each other rather than have to make the kids constantly move to wherever I have to go to. Yeah, so I don't think it was anybody's idea. I just feel like that's just the way it was going to be, period. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And, the, oh, that was from Daniel Spivlin. All right, here's um, a question from our friend Jim McCarger. Um, what did you learn from your respective first marriages that has strengthened your marriages to each other? For me personally, um, the, the big mistake I, I made and, and probably was made with me also is that when you marry people, you expect them to become something more than what they are um, rather than just simply loving them for who they are. And, uh, and I think that was a big le- lesson to learn. Also, the love languages, um, to learn how to love somebody effectively doesn't necessarily mean to love them the way that you want to be loved. And uh, for Cindy, um, I've always I mean, I've always been in love with you, and uh, and so to love you for who you are um, is just kind of it comes natural to me because I just love who you are, and uh, and I, I feel the same way that you you treat me the same way. I don't have to. This is probably the probably the only real relationship in my life that I've had. I've ever been able to truly be myself um, in all of my crazy sarcasm and and dark sense of humor and uh, and silliness and not to have to feel bad about that or or just I can be comfortable around you just simply being myself. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think um, I think definitely the love languages. So like for anyone who is in a relationship or just starting a relationship or thinking about getting married, I think you definitely need to know your love language right out of the gate because I didn't know what love languages were until um, my last marriage was ending. And so, like, by the time we got married, like, we, you were already familiar with love languages, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, so we, like, both took the test. Um, and basically, love languages, you can take – if you Google it, um, you can um, – you can take a love language test and uh, <clears throat> to um, figure out what your love language is. And um, like my love language is words of affirmation. And yours was quality time and physical touch, which I think is kind of difficult, a difficult love language for our, our relationship. relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, but I think also one thing you have to notice is that um, that you have to love the other person with their love language, not your own. And I think that you and I both sometimes, like, I might tell you how beautiful I think you are, and <laughs> but you don't really care because you don't need to be affirmed. But I do need to be affirmed. Sure. You know? So... Um, so I think love languages, like being aware of the other person's love language is the major thing that I learned. Um, have anything else to add to that? Well, yeah, I just think the big mistake that, um, I made in the past was that trying to make the person into who I wanted that person to be 
who I wanted to be married to, um, rather than just simply loving the person who is there. Um, and uh, you, I've, you often hear that spouses try to make the person into a good spouse or into a good husband or a good wife. Well, I've not discovered that that's really a good way to enter into a marriage or to um, keep a marriage together. Okay. And then my friend Valerie Lysett asked, how did you find a healthy balance in blending the families together? Well, I think one thing that I am glad that we didn't have to do was blend all of us together into one house because that would be seven people all together. And to live um, like that would have been a culture shock for all of us. So um, so that was a big perk. Um, and also while I'm thinking about it, I remember like talking to one of your friends or somebody that we knew where um, they had been divorced three times. And, um, and uh, we told them our living situation that we didn't live together. And they were like, oh, well, you can do that and even think that you could even do that. Mm-hmm. And you can. I mean, it's your relationship. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, but I think that that was a good thing that we didn't do was blend everybody together simply because that would have been a lot for everyone. I think the kids and us. Um, and then um, you have anything to add to that as far as? Yeah, the only time I think we really get together for any extended period of time, we're occasionally vacations. We'll take some family vacations together. And, uh, and, and the fact that we aren't forcing the relationship together makes those family vacations fun um, and the relationships fun between the kids. Yeah, I kind of look at them like they're friends. Like, and, um, and so they're excited when they get to see each other. And then when we've been together just long enough, it's time to go home. So, yeah. but actually the kids have been so busy that we've not really had time to do too much together lately, but, um, that's how both the boys just described your kids on um, this weekend and they see your kids as friends of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they care about what's going on in each other's lives. Um, and they're like friends on their apps and things like that. So they know what's going on. But, but, um, but I think that's the biggest, I think that was a good thing that we did was not move in together. So um, we could avoid all of that. Say something Sorry. about that also. <laughs> I would think that if you, we came back home together every night, you almost take the person for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most people aren't living in the same situation that we are. And so they have to be even more intentional to block out time the way it kind of naturally happens for us um, to make sure that they plan on date nights because it would be very easy to simply slip through week after week after week um, without working on the relationship between the husband and wife and uh, or the partners. And uh, it's it's built into our schedule mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's, it's a time when we're actually alone and have no other responsibilities but to one, one another and to our work. But um, for most couples, it's not that way, and so they have to be even more intentional about discovering that date-night time period. Yeah, so I guess if you had, like, a traditional marriage, and I would – I mean, I know in my last marriage, I didn't – we didn't um, schedule date nights. I mean, it's easy to get lost in the everyday. And so I guess if you have, like, a regular traditional marriage, you probably should set a time to, uh, like, a certain day out of the week or month – to spend time together. Yeah, and I think that um, 
moms and dads shouldn't feel guilty about that either. That they should, uh, because if if mom and dad are loving one another, then the kids can sense that love, and it's it builds a whole comfortable, peaceful home. And so, well, I think with my chaos, like I'm definitely happier after having time to recharge. And especially like since I'm around kids all the time between my job and my own kids, like it's nice to have an adult conversation every once in a while. And like so that then when I'm with my kids again, I'm like recharged and (laughs) ready to be with them again. So it's almost like a scheduled break, too. So and then like sometimes like another thing when I was saying that like I have the best of all the worlds like I also get time alone which um which I like so I can get caught up on other things um but how do you feel about your alone time when without a doubt it's it's some alone time is great some alone time is excellent to uh get all of the work and all of the things done um vocationally wise like you know with the church it gives me ton- plenty of time to to plan and to think and to get that whole week organized when I'm all by myself um so that's excellent also I, I, was gonna, I think it also was helpful for the kids to make them feel like they were not losing us as a parent to the other um person oh. which I think is sometimes a stress within blended families is that kids feel like they've lost their dad or they've lost their mom to the other spouse um, the fact that they get to have just one-on-one time with us um, without the other, without you around or with you can get to have time with your kids without me around um, helps to keep those relationships strong with them also. Yeah, actually, I like I do like that. I forgot about that aspect of it all because um, it is nice to like I feel like I have the best of all the world because when we're all together, for the most part, everybody gets along. When it's just my kids and me, or your kids, your your boys and you, you guys have that time together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we get alone time. That's correct. So, yeah. So, and that leads me to the next question from Peggy Pennington and Megan Smith. Um, they both wanted to know, how do you find time for date nights? So, um, actually, with the shared parenting schedule the way that it is, um, we always get one day a week and every other weekend, weekend um, when it's just the two of us, which um, like it is hard to live away from each other and to not see each other every day. But um, but I feel like we see each other more than we would if we had like a traditional marriage, if we were living together all the time. Mm-hmm. So our the shared parenting schedule just so happens to um, lend itself to that. So. Um, well, just to wrap this up, though, like, what do you think? And I'm curious, like, what do you think are let's do the let's do the negative things first. Like, what do you think stinks about living this way? Nothing. I think it's excellent. <laughs> OK, I <laughs> thought maybe you'd say, well, I don't get to see you. That often. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, I guess what the way I was going to say is that right now we're in a perpetual state of dating. Um, which means when, when you fall in love, you're usually dating the person, you're courting the person. And so you can you plan special things together. And we're in a perpetual state of, of, of constantly dating, um, which I think is exciting. And uh, it's different than I think most traditional couples. And, and so 
we don't get to be together all the time. And so when we do, we make the very best of the time that we have together. And so we think of the things that we've always wanted to do. And we know we have a limited time. And we get out there and we do them. And the same thing goes with our children, too. We know we don't have our kids all the time. And so we plan certain things that we really want to do with our kids. And uh, we make the most of the time that we have. And I think that's kind of what I think we all ought to aim for. But when we're always together, like if we were always together all the time, you take the time that you have for granted and uh, really miss out on some really wonderful things of life. So you don't have anything negative to say about it? Um, There are plenty, plenty of lonely times that I have. I'm a very social person, and there, after having everybody in my household, um, and then all of a sudden people disappearing, and I'm all alone, that that going from being very overwhelmed with people to having nobody there is a drastic change and it's it's like a big shock because it happens all of a sudden um and so that is a difficulty for me um and i do get lonely in those moments but uh i know it won't last forever mm-hmm. yeah it's only going to be a couple days i don't like that i don't have anybody to bring me my coffee <laughs> because i don't get up I don't get up as nicely than when we're together. Mm-hmm. It's nice when you bring me my coffee because then I'm. It makes it the transition to getting up easier for me. <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I think I think like one negative thing is when we argue though. Yeah. Like we don't argue that often, but like it's easy to not talk to each other. Because we're not in the same house, like it's easy to just, you yeah, know. Yeah, the fights and the and the the when you live in the same household, you kind of have are forced to see each other and then to try to make up. Whereas living in two different households, if a fight can go over a night and or over several days, <laughs> then it then it can um, it's even more difficult. Yeah, but that doesn't happen that often. Yeah. So I would say that would be a negative thing, but you already covered all the positives. So yeah. I think there's anything else. Oh, somebody did ask me about trust, though. Oh, about trust? Yeah, like, like, do you trust me? I never trust you. <laughs> but like, like, how do we deal with the trust issue? I, I think both of us... Um... I trust you for the most part. I don't really know how to, I don't really know how to say this, but being together and coming together has been so difficult and and the love that we have together when we are together is so good. I think both of us kind of feel we'd be foolish to mess that up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. So like Basically, if you decided to cheat on me, I could be like, well, you're the dumb one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, you're if you're going to go do that, that's on you. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you trust me, though? I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I trust you. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. How about you? I trust you. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I trust you. I do trust you. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> you're shaking your head at me uh no i do trust you i trust you i'm just kidding 
<laughs> well, you we joke around it a lot about it a lot though. Sure. Um. Okay. Anything else? All right. Well, thanks for coming on today. I love you. I love you too. I'm super thankful that Bill was willing to be on my show. I'm not sure how he feels about recording, but um, I do really enjoy having him on. In fact, I think he should have his own podcast because um, he has really, really great sermons. So um, that's like a little idea I have in my back pocket for him one of these days. But in our eyes, there are definitely more positives than negatives to this crazy relationship that we have. So if you're thinking about blending two families together, I mean, you really don't have to. Um, I really think we've saved ourselves a lot of um, stress and heartache from not blending the two families together. Um, Honestly, uh, I think, though, if we lived closer together, we would still probably live in separate homes. I mean, he never has to deal with our mess. Like, you know, Haley makes slime almost every day and now is um, baking in her Easy Bake Oven pretty much all day long. Um, so, uh, and it is a mess, so he doesn't have to ever deal with it. He is a lot neater than I am. So, um, so he doesn't have to deal with that. And no one ever needs to argue over the TV. No one um, has to cook for seven people on a daily basis, two of which are teenage boys who eat a ton. So that doesn't happen. And um, we've also been asked how long we're going to stay this way. And more than likely, um, it will be this way until one of us retires is the plan as it sits right now. So um, even then, though, we have talked semi-jokingly about getting a duplex um, when it's time to, uh, quote unquote, move in together. So we're thinking we may not ever move in together, which is kind of odd to think that I will never live with my husband. But it's working out. So I am thankful for what we have. So thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions about marriage or second marriages, shared parenting or long distance relationships, you can ask away. It's working out really well for us, so we would be happy to help. And don't forget to join my Facebook group. If you haven't joined this awesome group, go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash Y-D-D-O-A. Um, And then uh, if you have found this episode to be helpful, please hit subscribe and share this. You can also find me on Instagram at YourDDOfAwesome or on Twitter at Cindy Liming, which is C-Y-N-D-I-L-I-M-I-N-G. Have an awesome, awesome rest of your week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.